This episode is brought to you by ProPulse Speed Trainers, created by the mad scientist himself, David Weck. Now, in my 20-plus years of evaluating athletes, there was always one thing, one thing that I could look at and tell you if this athlete was going to be sick or if they were going to be in our coordinated mess. And I could tell you that in about five seconds. And what was it? It was the way their upper bodies moved in sync with their lower bodies. If they were in complete and total sync, I knew the athlete was going to be sick. You've always heard, look at this guy's arm angles. Look at the way the violent arm action, the way this guy runs. Well, those were always the best athletes. Now, what David Weck did is he created these little miniature weights that are about 12 ounces each that you can hold in your hand. And inside of those weights, he has these little beads. And when you run and when, you move, when you're pumping those arms, when those weights are pumping those arms, you can actually hear with those beads if you are on the right rhythm. It's actually sending a signal to your brain to say, yep, I am in pace, I am in rhythm, and it will instantly get your upper body and lower body in sync. If you want to become like Michael Jordan, Randy Morse, LeBron James, Derek Jeter, watch these guys run, watch their sick arm angles, get yours today. Go to shop.weckmethod.com. That's shop, W-E-C-K, that's weckmethod.com. Put in the code WMA270. Again, that's W. MA270. It will get you 10% off of any item that you buy. Go and get yours today. It's January 1st. It's New Year's Day 2023. And I got bad news for a lot of people out there. Just because that clock struck midnight last night, there's no magic that's going to happen that's going to change your behaviors, change your attitude, change your habits. This is not some uh, Disney story. You are not Cinderella. Right? This is not life. These things, these habits need to be dealt, developed over time. And what I want to do on this New Year's Day is not do some hack best of. And I'll do a little bit of that. But I, what I want to do is talk about an exercise that Steve Armato shared with us that really helps you reflect on the previous year so you can set the framework to develop new habits, new behaviors, or double down on your good habits and good behaviors for the next year. I am not a big fan of New Year's resolutions. Again, I don't think that light switch flips and you all of a sudden become a different person. I think that you have to develop those habits over time, day after day after day. But this exercise that Steve gave us, it, it really helps you look back at the year before. And it helps you figure out what worked, what, dif- what didn't, and how am I going to build on that. So what I'm going to do in this episode, I'm going to talk you through the seven questions. And I had never done this before. In the past, I only used two of those seven questions instead of doing a New Year's resolution. Uh, I never did these seven, but I might do this every year. I might do this at the end of every year. Again, not to flip a switch and become Cinderella at midnight to become a completely new person. But again, to figure out what worked and what didn't. Now, before I get into these questions, I'm going to – and maybe it's linked to it, right? So the first question, I'll get, you know what, I'll get into the first question. The first question is, what did, my, what did I change my mind on this year? And I, I have a couple of things. And this first one that I changed my mind on this year has a lot to do with New Year's Eve and drinking in general. So I listened to Dr. Andy Huberman's podcast, and he talked about the, the negative effects of alcohol. And one thing that I had always thought was a little drink here, a little drink there, it's not that bad. Uh, maybe a glass of wine a night, not that bad. And what I've realized... And what I've learned this year is that there's really absolutely nothing good that comes out of alcohol. Aside from maybe the social part of it, or maybe bonding with the people that you are having alcohol with, there is absolutely nothing good from a health perspective that happens when you are drinking alcohol. So my immediate, my first tip to people for this year, I'm not going to tell you to not drink. 
But what I am going to tell you is that if you did have a, a rough night last night, what I would have recommended to you before you went to bed was have a glass of water with some element in it, get the electrolytes uh, back in, get them back into your system, and then I would do it again this morning. This is what I did. I not, again, I did not drink much last night. I sipped a little bit just to be social. I sipped a little bit just to be social and not uh, anger my wife. And then I had element before I went to bed. I had element when I work, woke up. And <coughs> what I did and what I always do is I have some form of a probiotic in the morning. Maybe sauerkraut, maybe cabbage, but something to get my, uh, my gut enzymes going. So that would be like... Tip number one. Now, that was one thing that I changed my mind on this year. So if you haven't done that already, do it. I'd also say, and uh, I don't know if I want to get this. I will. My wife's best friend, we're going to a, uh, a destination wedding, and I was telling her about Element. And she said, oh, I'll put this in the party packs for everybody because we plan on doing a lot of drinking. And then I felt terrible. I'm like, you know, this shouldn't be a crutch for drinking. Like, it shouldn't be like, hey, I love to drink, but I hate hangovers, so I have element, so I'll just keep drinking even more. No, I, I said, why don't you just tell people not to drink as much? And she said, that's pretty stupid. So, anyway, do not use element as a crutch for drinking, but if you are going to drink, don't drink excessively, and also use this as a way to get yourself kickstarted for your next day. Okay, back to the questions. The first question, what did I change my mind on this year? And let's go back to stuff that has nothing to do with uh, alcohol. Let's go to something else. One thing that I changed my mind on was my diet. So I had gone to Dr. Tom. I loved his diet. I still love his diet, and it was really heavily involved with macronutrients and saying, okay, I'm going to have 3,500 calories a day. I'm going to have this many grams of protein, this many grams of fat, this many grams of carbohydrates. I'm going to divide that number up by five, and I'm going to pulse my meals throughout the day. And I loved it, and it, it gave me insane results. But it also was making me insane. I was weighing myself like five times a day. I'm weighing every ounce of my food. I'd be miserable if I went out to dinner with my parents because I couldn't get uh, a good carbohydrate. Places didn't have potatoes, or I'd like go home and have like some oats. It was just, it wasn't good for my psyche. The results were great, but it wasn't good for my psyche. So I went back to this warrior diet. I had given a whole podcast on it before, something I experimented with at college, and it changed my mind. It changed my mind on, hey, there's no one set diet. I thought, this is Dr. Tom's diet. I'm following it to the letter of the law. It's the only diet I can follow, and the warrior diet has proven to me, for me, that it is a diet that I can follow that has allowed me to have a better life mentally because now I don't weigh myself near – I don't weigh myself at all anymore. Uh now I will follow this diet. There's a whole podcast on what the diet is, but I will now I can go out to dinner with my parents and not worry about weighing my food and worry about how many ounces of chicken was that. Did I go over? Did I go don't go under? This thing really simplified my life. It also made me more productive in the earlier parts of the day because I wasn't having to have this big breakfast, this big lunch. It was ta those things were taking you know hours of my time to prepare and eat. Now it's all saved for dinner. So I do all my stuff in the beginning of the day, and then I reward myself with a big dinner at night. So that was one thing I changed my mind on. Another thing I changed my mind on has to do with top-end speed. For a real long time, a real long time, I had only believed that football was about st stopping and starting. Basketball was about stopping and starting. And a lot of it is. It is. There's a, a lot. Most of football is little five-yard bursts, little ten-yard bursts. Or how many times do you actually see a guy in a full sprint 60 yards down the field? Hardly ever. But what I've learned more and more is that the higher your top-end speed is, the more impact it's going to have on your acceleration and your deceleration. So you can't just focus on just acceleration and deceleration, it, and you really want to focus on that top-end speed as well. 
And I'm not saying that because you run a great 40-yard dash, you automatically will be able to stop on the dime and run a nice little hitch route. No, what I'm saying is the very fact that you are working on your top-end speed is enabling your central nervous system, and that enablement of your central nervous system is going to allow you to set the groundwork for doing things like cutting, starting, and stopping. And then the last thing that I, that I think I learned this year is I, I thought with data analytics that I had so many things completely square-rooted. And what I'm realizing is, is that I don't. Uh, I'm learning a lot. I got a, a new position this year at a, a level that I'm probably not allowed to talk about too much here. But I will say that I'm learning that sometimes it's team-specific, league-specific, and you really got to find the patterns that are working for that team. Or maybe you come up with some sort of pattern and then people recognize that pattern and then they adjust, right? So it's a matter of how do I find the secret formula for what's going on in the time that's there? And for me, it's always, hey, the formula has to, for me, the underlying thing for all my formulas is how do I get the minimal effective dose of whatever I'm doing? So I want to find a formula that says what is the one thing that I can do that eliminates a thousand other things? So if I, if I have my guys or the players or the team thinking about 20 different metrics, that doesn't work. What's the one or two things we can find that makes everything else better? So uh, and it's just I keep finding new stuff. So those are things that I changed my mind on in 2022. Now, the second question was, what created energy for you in 2022? And it's, you know, when, you, when you're doing things, they either give you energy or they take your energy. And if I'm thinking about things that will, let's go to taking your energy. If you're driving in traffic to a job you hate, that is taking your energy. It's sucking your energy away. If you're driving an hour to a party with family members that you don't like or friends, quote unquote, friends you don't like, it takes your energy. But if you're sitting in traffic to go to the greatest event ever or the greatest restaurant in the world that you want to go to, then it's worth it, right? That stuff's giving you energy. So again, things will either give you energy or take your energy. And things that gave me energy this year, and this was, this is a, a blessing and a curse, but I'll say it again. I've said it before. Data analytics, for whatever reason, it legitimately excites me. I'll get lost in it. I'll work on it for hours and look up and be like, whoa, six hours just went by. I don't even know what's going on, but I get so engrossed in the data. I love solving these puddles. I love, again, finding these patterns. I love collecting that data and seeing what the answer to the riddle is. So that gave me energy. And with all the stuff that gives you energy, it's the stuff you want to do more of the following year. Another thing that gave me energy was learning this new defense called Eat the Captains. And uh, it was probably one of my biggest, I wouldn't, maybe it was the biggest failure and the biggest win of the year, but it gave me energy to learn this defense. Because for anyone who's ever coached defense before, you realize that it's really, really hard. You First of all, every rule is against you. And second of all, the offense is always, they're in control. They can motion. They set the formation. They set how many receivers are one to, to one side. They have the ball in their hand. They are in control, and you are at the mercy of this offense. Well, what Eat the Captains did is they essentially said, not anymore. We're going to be in control. We want you worried about us. And the captain is the quarterback, and we're going to just all we're going to do is focus on that guy and his mannerisms, and we're not going to cover parts of the field that he's not looking at, and we're going to eat that captain. And I really enjoyed learning from the guy who created this defense. He taught me way more than just about the X's and O's of defense. And it was something that gave me energy. Uh, this is how much energy it gave me. I went on a, a vacation with my wife. And I brought and wrote an entire notebook of notes on Eat the Captains. And every day, I spoke with the coach 
on Eat the Captains. We would overplay a day with different coaches. So every day for this year, I really engrossed myself in it. And again, for you, you don't, it doesn't matter if you eat the captains or not. It's a matter of what is giving you energy. What gave you energy? And then I also, what, what I really gave me energy this year was the AT challenge that we had, the format we had, uh, the challenges that we came up with, the, the strategies that guys came up with, the way I saw guys push themselves to a new le- level mentally and physically to do puzzles or riddles or come up with some strategy for the challenge itself. These things really truly gave me energy. I won't go through everything else, uh, but those things created energy for me this year. At least uh, those are the things that I would say helped me that I could say may or may not help you in your world of football, uh, the boardroom, the weight room, whatever. Okay, things that drained my energy this year. Things that made me tired. Things that kind of took my soul. Uh, One of them was we got major renovations on our house. Now, the end result was good, but for me, this this was a massive, I don't know, I, I don't enjoy this stuff. I don't care about the before. I don't care about the after. I have more about the function. Like, hey, does this work? Yes. I don't care about how pretty things are. That's just me, right? But I don't live alone, uh, and it just it was a, something that it didn't, at the end of the day, it didn't bring me the joy and happiness that most other people would get from it. Now, made my wife happy, and I love her more than anything in this world, so we did it. But I, I look back, and I mean, this thing was a drain on my life. Now, the good news is, we will not be doing renovations again this year, so it's something that I don't have to do again. But, again, the point of this exercise is what gave you energy, what drained your energy. And it's a good exercise for me is that, you know, th- for me personally, certain things won't buy you happiness, right? Money won't Money does. Money will make your life easier in a lot of situations, but certain things will not buy you happiness. Certain things will not. They maybe you buy something and it gives you more unhappiness because now you got to own it, you got to maintain it, you got to make sure you don't scratch this new tile floor you got down, right? So this was just uh, something, something for me. Uh, and then I'd say, ah, I'll leave it at that. But those, that's, that's the one, I'd say, major thing that drained my energy this year. For the most part, I have a pretty good handle of, of controlling or staying away from the things that take my energy. Now, having said that, there are things that drain your energy. Uh, I'll say maybe there were times where I was trying to do data analytics for people that didn't want it, right? And, and that's dumb. <laughs> you know, you're, you're not going to convince people of anything they don't want to be convinced of. Remember that saying of when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Or you know, I'm not saying that I'm the teacher here, but I'm saying that you're not going to show people through analytics that what you're saying is right. What you got to find, you got to find your your princess, maybe your Queen Isabella, right? I don't know if people know this story, but Christopher Columbus, I don't know, controversial figure now, but whatever. Christopher Columbus was trying to, uh, you know, set sail around the world, and he couldn't get his own king and queen to fund him. They didn't believe in it. So he had to go around and find another king and queen that believed that it was worth doing. And that's where he found Queen Isabella. So you gotta find your Queen Isabella who's gonna have the same crazy passion that you do for your thing. And it was draining my energy to try and motivate other people to do this who didn't want to see it. And that goes with anything, right? It's very hard to convince people that are against what you're saying, not the people that are on the fence, not the people that are the early adopters, not those people. 
It's the people that are actually against what you're saying. Don't waste your time doing it because it absolutely will drain your energy. And for, for people, as you're looking at this stuff, if you're doing this exercise on your own, uh, if you're thinking about creating energy and draining energy, I'd also think about people that you spend your time with, right? Who are you with that when you're with that person, you get energized? You want to be a better person, right? And who, who are people that you're around that they take your soul? You're sitting next to them and they make you feel like garbage and you just don't want to be around them. And everything they stand for is what you aren't about. Right, So think about this as you're pl planning for next year. Because remember, there is no light switch again. There is no light switch that's going to tell you, oh, just because it's uh, midnight, all of a sudden my life's going to change. Well, if you're around people that give you good energy, be around them more. Find ways to get around them more. And if you're around people that drain your energy, get away from those people. Get away from them because they're not going to make your life better. And one thing I'm happy to say is that the guys in advanced training, they give me energy. We haven't trained since the football season started. We're starting a week, and I am so pumped up to get these guys back around me because they just make me a better person. And I know they make each other better people. And uh, it's, it's a good, good group to have because it's way bigger than just working out. Which leads to this next question. It was, uh, who are your boat anchors? And I, I'm not going to answer this, but it's, <laughs> this is something for you to reflect on. Is who are the people that when you tell them something, that's a stupid idea, that you're never going to make it there. You know, like, First of all, don't don't tell people their ideas are stupid unless they you are they are legitimately confiding in you. But also work with them on the solution, and don't drive other people's hopes and dreams dreams down. Figure out a way. If they're really asking you for help, how can you help enable it? Uh, or maybe you help talk them through their scenario so they can trip over the truth themselves. But don't be somebody else's boat anchor. And as you're reflecting on this now, who were those boat anchors? Because those boat anchors, they absolutely, they absolutely are going to they're going to drain your energy. <laughs> okay, question number 5 was what did I not do because of fear? I'll repeat that one again. What did I not do because of fear? And there's there's a lot of things in my life that I have not done. I shouldn't say a lot. There's a couple of things that I'm not going to completely share them here on this podcast, but I absolutely have some fears of things where it would be a massive leap. It would be a massive life change, and it would be not just a life change for me. It would be a life change for my wife, possibly my parents, and that's part of my fear. I live a really comfortable life right now. I've got myself in a really good spot. I own my own time. You know, I basically have a, as much freedom as you can possibly have to do what I want, when I want, how I want, um, and sometimes I say, do I want to give that up to take it to the next level? Do, should I give that up to take it to the next level? Is it worth it? Am I am I holding myself back? Am I being selfish to the world? Can I maybe can I give the world more if I gave up some of this comfortable life that I have? So uh, something for you to think about yourself. What are you not doing because of fear? And I think I heard this <laughs> this great saying from Tim Ferriss. He once said, "What you want is on the other side of fear." I'll say that one again. What you want is on the other side of fear. And then I heard another great saying at that track football consortium where the guy said, think about all the things that you're proud of. All the things that you're proud of that you've accomplished, almost all of them, if not all of them, started out with fear. That's pretty sick. So again, what did you not do because of fear? And what can you do in 2022 to change it? The next question was, what were my greatest hits and worst misses of 2022? What were my greatest hits and worst misses 
of 2022. And the greatest hits, you know, it's not for you to sit around. And maybe it is. Maybe, you know, sometimes one, one thing that I learned, if I go back to that question one, because uh, I, I have my own coaches, people that coach me up, it was you have to have some form of self-compassion. Right, everybody listening to this podcast is some form of an overachiever. You always want more. You always want better. You're always looking for the next book. You're always looking for the next workout. You're always looking for the next best thing because the status quo is just not good enough. But sometimes you need self-compassion, and you need to say, "I'm doing pretty good," right? Because if you always want the next best thing, you're never, you'll never be complete. I have a hundred books on my shelf that are all awesome. So why am I still going out looking for the next 10 books? And why do I always feel empty because I haven't finished reading the book or learned everything from the book or applying that stuff from those books? So it, it, the reason you want to sit back and think about your greatest hits is, one, to have that self-compassion. And then, two, in my mind, how do I double down on the good things that I did? And then the worst misses was not to feel terrible about yourself, but what did I learn? How do I avoid this again? Should I even do this at all anymore, or do I need to build on it? Now, for me, I'll, I'll share my my big miss was that eat the captain's defense. So we installed it. Uh, I think we we just didn't do an awesome job as coaches of installing it. And I'm, I'm laser focusing this on me. Uh, I love it. I feel like it's a defense that I, I am obsessed with, but I don't think we did the greatest job implementing it and executing it, and the, the team, the program, suffered and will suffer <laughs> because of it. So for me, that was a, a miss. Now, I was thinking, do I regret it? Do I th- regret all the time I put into studying it, the money I spent to meet with this coach? I was paying this guy $150 a month for him to t- tutor me one-on-one, the time I spent. I would meet with him on Sunday nights during the season. I had enough stuff to do on during the season. We'd meet for an hour a week. I'd call him during the day. We'd talk through his defense. Was this a mistake? The answer is absolutely not. I learned so much from this guy. I learned so much from this process. The outcome was not nearly what I wanted it to be, but I learned so much along the way. It's stuff I'm going to take with me as a coach, uh, as somebody in corporate America, whatever, a trainer, forever. Even the way we run a practice, it was a miss in the way that we executed it, and now I'm doing my deep thinking. I'm doing it with uh, Coach Sarno. We're talking about what we, we have done better. What should we have done better, as any coach can and should do. Uh, I'd say the by, in terms of a greatest hit, So there's a, and I'll, I'll link this into things that I've done, and maybe I'll tie some into some things that I've purchased. And usually I don't like to make purchases a thing, but let's say things that I've done. I'd say the single greatest thing, aside from this diet that I'm on, is working with Rob Milianico on my leg. So it was me checking my ego at the door because I'm a trainer and I'm pretty sure I can square root anybody's injury instantly and tell them how to heal it. This is something that I just feel like I'm pretty good at. I've done it. I've done it before. Uh, we've had guys have their ankle tweaked and I get them back on the field in a day. It's just something that I, I have a an expertise in, an inherent expertise in through my study, through practice, through experimentation. But for me, I couldn't fix myself. I had this horrible thing with my leg where I couldn't feel my foot, I couldn't feel my calf, I blew up my quad, and I was just tired of it. I was so tired of it. So I get with Rob Milianico, he shows me that DNS side plank, and he's given my life back. Like, I, I you know, it comes and goes, because it, it's it is ner- he, it's nerve damage because of the way I sit when I do data analytics and I get lost in it, that's the gift and the curse. But having dropping my ego 
and him teaching me that side plank, and I'll call it a cobra, those two things, when I do them religiously, I can move, and I feel like I'm moving like a cat, and I was able to sprint yesterday pain-free, sit down at New Year's Eve with my friends and family, not in massive pain, and I'm just so tired of being in pain, and I have to remember to keep doing that, but that's a, a big hit. Uh, it's a big hit for me for two things. One, to feel good, and two, to check my ego at the door and talk to an expert. So, Rob, again, thank you. You gave it back to me. Uh, I would, you're, you're my greatest hit for 2022 because you, you gave me my some pain-free moments. Uh, I remember getting out of the car after like a five, six-hour ride with Joe Sarno. I could barely walk. And I was like, this is not good. I am a coach. I could barely walk. I'm a strength trainer. I could barely walk because I'm in so much pain. All right, uh, last question. Oh, oh, tying back into the hits and misses. So other things I would say that I purchased, and I hate saying that things that you purchase make you better, but the best thing that I purchased for under $100 this year, there were two things. I'm going to say three things. One was a waterproof backpack. Now, Coach, why do you care about a waterproof backpack? I'll tell you why. Because when I go coach football, I have all these papers that I bring to practice. As a special teams coach, you got to bring a depth chart. You got to have ones, you got to have twos. And if you know anything about football, that's 66 positions of people's names you need with a backup for each one. Now, I am no mathematician, but I believe uh, 66 times 2 is uh, 132 names. So you got to have like 132 slots of people ready to go, right? And why is it 66 positions? Because there are six special teams. There's 11 guys on each team. You need backups. So I have all this paper that is has to say what that is. And then you have a schedule for practice. And then when I was coaching the defense, I had my call sheet. So I had a bunch of papers that I needed. And I didn't know what to do with it when it was raining out. Or like say you go to practice and you have your wallet and your keys and your phone. What do you do with this stuff when it's raining? Now, I'm tr- as a coach, you should be flying around the field, running, jogging, whatever. I don't want to keep all this stuff in my pocket. So it's, what do I do with it when it's raining out? If it's pouring out. Is my phone going to get ruined? So I got this waterproof backpack. Bang. Makes it a simple solution to a complex problem. Easy. Easy, easy, easy. Uh, the next thing, this one's kind of stupid, but you'd think that the Mahoney's who threw away money on this uh, renovation would have uh, phone chargers in their house, but we only had one real phone charger. And then we went on vacation, and my wife was like, do not buy another phone charger. We don't need one. It's too expensive. And I'm like, this is just stupid. Like, we'll <laughs> We will overly tip uh, a waiter 40%, which I'm not against. But we won't buy a, a $15 phone charger, so I just went out and bought not one, but two phone chargers, and now uh, we're not going to have this issue anymore. So again, simple solution to a stupid problem. And then the, the, the other things that I'll talk about, and one of the other thing, other $100, was those Pro Pulse, the, 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 the shake weights, as you call them, that really, it's like 50 bucks. And this is not a self-promotion here. I know they sponsor the podcast, but this is something that, I can't imagine why someone wouldn't get it, right? Again, you will waste $50 on two drinks at a club in the city, but you wouldn't buy this to help you move better, run better, get your tempo set. Forget about just running. Maybe if you're working on mixed martial arts. I, I can't understand why someone wouldn't get it. So those are my three things that I got for under $100 that made a significant impact on my life. The one thing that I bought for over $100 are these Zero Shoes. And again, this is not self-promotion. Again, I know they are a sponsor of this podcast, but it's just been life-changing to walk around in these wide-toed shoes. Uh, 
I there was I couldn't move my toes a year ago. They were all stuck together. They wedged together. Now I have space between my toes. I can move all ten of my toes. I do not have ingrown toenails anymore. I yeah, and sometimes it is a little rough to walk a lot because I have my feet my feet just aren't strong enough yet to walk in these these flat shoes where you're feeling the whole earth. We went to uh, Disney World with my parents and we're walking six miles a day. And it was some days I was like ah, but it's not the shoes' fault. It's my fault. I spent. 44 years of my life in these little cushions, these little pillows walking around making my feet nice and soft and weak and pathetic, right? So to me, I'm glad I made that investment in myself on those zero shoes. My feet are healthier. My, my More importantly, my toes are healthier. Guys, remember that a year ago, last year, I had broken feet. I was struggling to get through workouts. Not only did I have that issue with my leg, but my feet were shattered. Bones in my feet were just jacked up because I was stupid. Uh, you know, I, I was stupid the way I was living with these tight shoes, with these big heels. It was not smart. So uh, that, that was a, a big hit for me and again, investing in myself. So these, and the, if depending on the shoe you get, it could also be under $100. So those could be the four things that I bought for under $100 that were big hits in 2022. And then things that I learned, so the first question was, what will you, what changed your mind? That was the first question. What did you change your mind on in 2022? The last question is, what did you learn? So learning doesn't necessarily mean change your mind because learning could be, I didn't know this, and now I know it. So I'm going to go back to one of those things is you got to give yourself compassion. Again, this is for the overachievers out there. This is not for the people that David Goggins is trying to need to motivate to get off the couch and actually do something. This is for the people that, are on that listen to this podcast that are always looking for the best way. There is there are times and places to take a step back and reflect like we're doing right now on what you did right, what was good, and how you're going to expand on that. And you don't need you can't be perfect, so stop trying to be perfect. And maybe I'm just talking to myself right now, but I know. I know the crew guys we train with. I know I'm talking to you too. Uh another thing that I learned is that doing less, like you can't feel guilty about doing less. I, I felt guilty before. Even though I am the efficiency guy, I'm the efficiency expert, there are many times where I felt this guilt. Like, ah, I got this stuff done in 20 minutes and it's taken everybody else four hours. I feel horrible. Like, they're still there or they're still doing it or I'm not putting in the hours and then I, I just keep going back to that thing, that, that other saying of, are we hunting mice or are we hunting antelope? And that, if you haven't heard it, I'm sure you have, but it's about... Is this lion going to go out in the jungle all day and track down all these little itty-bitty mice and waste all his energy to just barely just get enough to eat to keep him full? Or is he going to have this one attack? He's going to attack that antelope one time and have enough food for the rest of the day. Like a little effort gives you a lot. So that's something that I learned this year that really had a stick in my head, that it's not bad. I should not feel guilty about not putting in 16-hour days if I can get that stuff done with a bigger impact in two, right? I should not feel guilty about that because time spent is not, it's not, it's not the, the basis, right? It's not the basis of your effort or your outcome or your success or your worth, right? It's not about the time. It's about the things that you focused on. It's, it's about the antelope, right? It's about the antelope that you are chasing. So don't go chasing all those mice, I knew not to chase the mice, but for whatever reason, I felt guilty about it. 
Because I was always brought up, you got to work longer. You got to work harder. You're the first guy in. You're the last guy out. Nobody should spend more hours than you. But it's really about, yeah, we all got the same amount of hours. What are you doing with those hours? And are you more effective, you know, chasing mice around for 16 hours or chasing that antelope around for two? And then the last thing that I learned this year, and uh, these are things that I was not good at. Well, I'll say this. I'll just, I'll call it one thing, is that negotiation. And I'm not talking about walking in and like mentally screwing with somebody to have them talk, th- talk them into something that they don't want to do. I'm talking about legitimate negotiation where both sides win. And to me, what I learned this year was that negotiation skills can 10x, they can amplify, they can 10x your other skills, right? Because everything in life is a negotiation. Anytime you're trying to get someone else to say yes, and again, not to screw them over, not to get them to say yes to something they don't want to say yes to. That's not a negotiation. Anytime you're trying to make both sides win, there is a negotiation. And again, I invested in myself. I purchased that master class. I'm sure you've seen it online. And there's a negotiation class by Chris Voss. And then I read his book. Uh, I think it's called, I don't know what it's called. Oh, it's called Never Split the Difference. I'm looking at it right now. And then I listen to his podcast, and then I listen. I read their publications. But I've really used those negotiation tactics at work. I've used them in my personal life. I've used them in football. I've used them in training. And again, it's not to screw someone over. It's really just a more effective way to communicate with people so that both sides win. And those tricks have really helped me. But they've also really amplified the other skills that I have. Right? Who cares if you're the best trainer in the world and nobody listens? Who cares if you're the best data analytics person in the world and nobody listens? Who, who cares if you're the best anything, the best jeweler, right? the best marketer, the best wine salesman, I don't know, the best DEA agent? Right? Who cares if you're the best at that and nobody wants to hear what you have to say? You have to be able to communicate and work with other people. And if your negotiation is to beat that other person, well, you think they're going to be beat forever? You think they're not going to try and come back at you and take something that you took from them 10 10 times worse than you took from them? Because when there's a loser, people feel like they lost. And the only way they feel like they can win is to get it back. And when they lose, they feel like they lost more than they actually lost. So now, let's just say you took 10 from them. They think they lost 20. And they're going to come back and they're going to take 20 from you. And then when you lost 20, you feel like you lost 40. So you're going to go back and take 40 from them and it never ends. So these negotiation tactics that I learned from that master class, that I learned from Never Split the Difference, uh, it just it really helped me learn that. That it's just not about winning and losing for two different sides. It's both sides winning. And it's just a better way to communicate with people and amplify all the other skills that you have. So for me... Uh, that was a big learning lesson for this year. And it was another thing where I just, I, me, uh, <laughs> I invested in myself. I took money that I had, time that I had, invested in myself to try and 10x the skills that I already had. And uh, that's it. Uh, I'll leave you with that, people. I hope you are able to kickstart your new year. This was not our typical advanced training pro- uh message but again Steve Armato I'm just so happy that you sent this to us I I love the masterminds group and I really this is something that I want to hold myself accountable to do every single year if anybody wants that list of questions let me know I will send them to you there's a a nice pdf that came out in fact I have to give credit where credit is due because it's by Shalil Bloom if you even just look it up it's the personal annual review seven simple questions that may change your life Shalil Bloom 
Good work, Shalil Bloom, and thank you, Steve Armato, for bringing this into my life. All right, people, enjoy the rest of your week and the rest of your year. Thank you. Bye. This episode is brought to you by Zero Shoes, a company that is perfectly named. Why? Because when you're wearing their shoes, you feel like you're walking around completely and totally barefoot, a.k.a. like you're not wearing any shoes, a.k.a. like you are wearing zero shoes. Now, we've all heard the benefits of barefoot training, but who wants to walk into a gym without any shoes on your feet? First of all, it's gross, and second of all, it's disgusting. Now, the other benefits of zero shoes is not only are they functional, but they're also fashionable. So you've seen many a time people walk in the gym with these minimalist shoes and they look like a freak. Not with zero shoes. You're going to blend right in. Also, they have a wide toe box so that your toes are not all scrunched together in the front like they normally are with any standard training sneaker or cleat. Now, to get your shoes, go to zeroshoes.com slash go slash Mahoney AT. Again, that's zeroshoes.com slash go slash Mahoney AT. And that zero is spelt with an X. It is X-E-R-O. Again, I'll say it again. It's X-E-R-O. Get your zero shoes today. This episode is brought to you by Element. That's L-M-N-T. What's Element? Element is the product that came into my life at exactly the right moment. I've been training hard. I've been sweating like a maniac. But unfortunately, after my sessions, I could never kick that feeling of dehydration. It didn't matter how much water I drank. In fact, the more water I drank, the worse it got. My body was telling me, you need more. You need electrolytes. But I refuse to go and buy some sugary sports drink and put that garbage into my body. Enter Element. What's Element? It's a tasty electrolyte drink mix. That's right. I said tasty. They have seven different flavors. My personal favorite is mango chili. But most importantly, it's got no sugar. It's got no gluten. It's got no garbage. It's got no guilt. Take it. You'll feel better. You won't feel like a bum after you drink it. You won't feel any guilt after taking it. To get your Element today, go to drinklmnt.com backslash George Mahoney. Again, that's drink, lmnt.com, backslash George Mahoney. Get yours today.